0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Hill. And today we're going to look at the readings for the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. If you'd like to listen to all the readings, they were dropped on the reading podcast shortly before this podcast. Today we're going to look at St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 23 through 31. And this is really a continuation of last week's reading. They're connected. It is a In this connection, it's not that it's a continuation of the same story, but the same concept and the same aspect of being rich, having heaven, where's your reward, what are we to do, can I earn my way into heaven, can I buy my way, what have I given up, what have I not given up, and Peter talks. So, at the very beginning, we have Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, and I always wonder in my mind's eye. Jesus makes this huge statement to this rich man and he runs away. And this is the text from last week. He runs away sad because he had great possessions and he was told to sell everything and give it to the poor. And I always think that's real important because it's not just sell everything so you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Now he would be more rich, but give everything away. And he goes away sad. And so the rich man has left. And I wonder, does Jesus immediately turn around and see this blank look on the disciples? And okay, guys, let me tell you what just happened. You know, does he have to explain everything, or you know, do they get it? And he's like, "Good guys, this is what's happening. Uh, you know, let me let me give you the the in depth scoop."
1: I I like to think that. He looks around after this encounter with the rich young man or Mm -hmm. rich young young ruler, and he can kind of sense that they don't really get it. That's what I like to picture. Okay. Because um, this was kind of counter to what they've uh, grown up learning about Mm -hmm. what it means to be
0: rich. Oh, yeah, because this is what he says. He looks at the disciple. He reads the room. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth... To enter the kingdom of God. And I really think he says this in a very matter-of-fact voice, not deadpan, not being nice, but it this is like a, a law statement that just kind of hits everybody. And it's not done with this mighty force, and you're going to feel it. But there's a lot of gravity. To the statement.
1: And I like the, uh, just a, a very small note, I like the exclamation point yes. that ESV puts on that. Because yeah. it is kind of, um, I kind of picture Jesus turning to them and kind of proclaiming for everyone to hear, but not singling out anyone in that particular crowd, yeah. uh, kind of more referencing what's been going on. And now he's turning to them and making a point that's bigger than just any one person there. It applies to everyone.
0: No, I I appreciate that. Because, again, the disciples don't get this. And the disciples were amazed at his words. And this word amazed, they weren't like, yeah, we're sticking it to the rich. Good job, Jesus. This is actually very contrary to what they know and understand. You see in first century Palestine, Jerusalem, this area, to be rich meant God loves you. God is giving you all of this. You have found favor with God, so now that you you are made rich. Now you're made rich to help the poor, help the families, participate in everything. But this was all seen as directly from the hand of God for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And now you have God himself, Christ Jesus, saying how hard it will be for the rich to actually make it to heaven. And I I really do think that the the jaws of the disciples open, what are you saying, Jesus? We were told that you love rich people, and now you're saying you don't like them? And and I think that's just a very fascinating statement and a a shift.
1: And the shift comes, like you're saying, in this idea that the wealthy were given wealth— as an opportunity to bless those right. in the community. Yeah. Um, so it, very much what you're saying, it's not this selfish, well, if you have health, wealth, and all this, then you're one of the chosen people. Right. Yeah. It's uh, If you've been given wealth, it's so you have more chances to help other people. Mm-hmm. And now that comes with the implication that you're going to help other people. Right. That's why you've been given God's favor. Um, but that's why it strikes them as so amazing.
0: And so the... And Jesus said to them, again, and I love this, again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. Right there, I think, is a huge statement. And if we stopped right now, we could talk forever just about that. And it's the idea that we're looking at what must you do to enter heaven. This isn't the same question as the rich man. This is the implication of what God has laid before us. How do we get into heaven? Jesus says it very clearly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's huge. And we struggle with this because what must I do? How can I do it? And so Jesus continues, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And again, this picking on the rich people. Didn't God give them all their money, all their possessions, all their land? And now Jesus is saying, they're probably not going to make it to heaven because of their wealth.
1: And this is that famous statement that I'm sure everybody's heard of, the camel and the eye of a needle. Yeah. And um, we've heard two different possibilities for this. Uh, The one, and probably the most obvious that everyone probably tends to think of, is a physical camel— Mm-hmm. Going through the eye of a physical needle. A little needle. A tiny needle. Yeah. Right. Sewing needle. So it's this idea that, and the camel is kind of, uh, at this point, it's probably the biggest animal that people encounter on the regular yeah. in this area. So it's this idea that it's like the biggest animal, the biggest thing you've seen going through this tiny little hole. Yeah. And I, that just really points out the impossibility of what Jesus is talking about, about entering eternal life.
0: And the other uh, school of thought on this is there was actually this thing, it was called the needle, uh, the eye of the needle, and it was to enter into a city. And the camel, with all of its baggage and, and packs and everything, could not go through this hole. So you had to unpack your camel and then get the camel to kneel down and go through this hole and then on the other side you repacked your camel and went in, and it was for security reasons. It gave, you know, you couldn't just run through there, and it was the idea that it was a really a pain to get your camel to go through this. So either way, it's it's hard.
1: And we kind of like this as a as a both and yeah. um, thinking of this either way because uh, with the second option that you gave or the second way of thinking about this is we love the uh, we were talking about this before we love the you have to physically unload yes. what you are bringing with you. Right. Um, and that becomes relevant when you're talking about following Jesus yeah. and getting rid of things like your possessions. So, pretty uh, pretty neat uh, imagery there, especially on that second one.
0: And so, either way, and, and I like the the um, and or, whatever way you want to look at it, it's hard. Um, the, the physical sewing needle and the physical camel, I mean... I stand at six foot four, and do you know how far I have to look up to see a camel? The few times I've seen—those things are huge. I mean, there's nothing small about them. And the whole idea of it going through a needle, whatever way. And Jesus, you know, again, the disciples, and they were exceedingly astonished and said to them, and I really do think that this is— just flabbergasted, then who can be saved? Jesus, God loves these people. Look what he has blessed them with. And you're equating them to being squeezed through a sewing needle? What chance do I have? Mm -hmm. And Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it is impossible. There's no way we're squeezing a camel through a needle. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. I would like to stress right here that, yes, God can do anything. Will God do anything is a different statement. And we also have to remember who and what God is, how he acts, what he has said he would do, and how he will promise to do these things.
1: And I think it's important here to note that what Jesus is saying here, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. In that phrase, he's specifically talking about this issue at hand, which is entering the kingdom of God. Granted, he goes on to say, for all things are possible with God, but I think it's important to keep in mind that in this instance, what is impossible before
0: them is entering the kingdom of God. We cannot stand before God and say, you know, Jesus died on the cross for all my sins but I'm good. Go ahead and just open the door let me in. This is something that we cannot claim. We cannot fulfill God's law. We cannot find favor with God by our thoughts, our words, our actions. We can't buy our way into heaven, so on and so forth. And so, yes, very much in this context, what Jesus is talking about, your salvation is impossible for you to complete. It is only through God.
1: And that stands for the rich person, as we have in this instance, or the poor person, or the middle-class person, everyone uh, is kind of uh, on the same playing field here.
0: I like, uh, before we we were recording, uh, I like what you said, that Jesus really kind of just knocks everybody on the same playing field and says, it's about me,
1: Mm -hmm. for you. None of you are worthy of entering the kingdom of God, rich, poor, whatever your station in life may be. Anytime one enters the kingdom of God, no matter who you are, it's a gift.
0: But then you got St. Peter. Love St. Peter. Peter began to say to him, and I, I'm kind of curious. I, I don't know how big Peter is to Jesus, but I think he's I think he's an older guy compared to the, the other disciples. I think he's big, bolsterous. And, and I see his hand on his chest and his, his other hand out just pointing, you know, randomly. And, and he says, see, we have left out everything and followed you. And I I think this is, an again, an exasperated statement because he's not rich, and he understands what the rich are supposed to be doing with their money and how God has blessed them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's doing this, Jesus, we've left everything for you. We're in, right? And and I don't think that's
1: out of bounds here because Mm -hmm. Jesus has just kind of said, well, the rich It's impossible for them to get to heaven. So, I kind of like to think of Peter as looking around and going, well, I'm not rich. Look what I gave up. We made it. (laughs) So, I'm in. Um, So, I think it's kind of, I take it as more of an immediate reaction Mm -hmm. to what Jesus said. And then Peter going, so we're good here, right? Yeah. Because I don't fall into that category.
0: I, I really like that line of thinking. And it's all for the wrong reasons. Because his focus isn't on Christ, his focus isn't on salvation. It's, I've given everything up. Look how good I am. I, I don't have what you're talking about. So, and I like what you said. So, so we're good.
1: It, it's almost, uh, it, it can come across as a moment or a statement of self-congratulations. Because yes. um, he's trying to affirm what he has done mm-hmm. in giving up things to follow Jesus. And it brings up an interesting... Uh, interplay of, okay, who then is worthy? If it's not the rich, is it the poor? If it's the poor, I want to be counted in that group because look at my past.
0: Yeah. And again, Jesus quickly, and and I really do appreciate, I I, I think Jesus is very quick in his answer, but it's not to beat Peter down. Mm -hmm. It's, you missed it, Peter. Let me tell you this. Because he says, truly I say, Jesus says, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or child or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. That's a huge statement.
1: It's a nice long list of all these things that you would really be happy to accept yep. in your efforts of giving up things for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get <laughs> I'm going to get a hundredfold in this time of houses, brothers, sisters. So it all sounds good on the yep. surface. Uh, but then he sneaks in persecutions, yes. which is great.
0: Yes. And we got to realize that's what we suffer through, in, with on this side of heaven. Look at our relationships. Look at just the fact of our life on this side of heaven. It's all about persecution because it's sin. And the world, the devil, even our own flesh is going to actively work against the gospel. And the, the statement, there is no one who has left house, brother, sister, mother, father, or child, or land for my sake— or for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold. My question and my challenge is, have you really left these things? Mm. And and I've often wondered that. And I think Jesus is really laying this statement out saying, have you really divorced yourself, left these things for my sake? And can you go into
1: that a little bit more? Because this this can be kind of confusing. Mm. Because are we to leave... Our families?
0: Abandon everything. Just wherever you are, if you're driving, pull over, leave your car, and— Keys in the ignition. Yes. So, somebody else, because you're you're, you're giving—I think that's an interesting point and problem, because are we to give everything up? Yes, absolutely what does that look like? Are we all supposed to join a monastery, a nunnery, and live this life of absolute poverty and doing nothing but doing church every day? That's going to be really hard. I'm a father, and I'm supposed to take care of my children who God gave me. I have a wife who God gave me. I have all these things that I'm supposed to take care of, do I just abandon them and say I'm doing God's will? Of course not. This statement. Is, I hope
1: you're still in your car. Yes, yes. <laughs> please
0: stay in your car. The statement is: What is your attachment to these things? And, and this really becomes a first commandment issue. And this really piggybacks on last week's: What is the obstacle getting in your way of trusting and loving and fearing God as you should? Mm-hmm. Is it your wife? Is it your children? Is it even church? And it's very much what St. Peter just said. Jesus, we gave all this stuff up for, for you. Aren't we great? And I, I see Jesus rolling his eyes. No, Peter, you missed it. Thank you for bringing this up because this gives me a chance to show you what I'm talking about. Be a good father. Be a good husband. Be a good fill-in-the-blank because I have put you there to serve me, to serve your neighbor. This doesn't mean that we abandon everything. Um, It's the St. John 10 text when uh, he says, whoever hates his life in this world will save it. And this doesn't mean that we hate everything. It means that we're not attached to these material things.
1: There's a sense of um, we're given so many gifts from God But those gifts only become problematic when we put those in front of the creator that gave us those gifts.
0: And and it's hard because, I mean, how how hard is it to look at the things in our life and say, I earned this. I deserve this. I use this, you know, however you want to put it. And we start putting our trust, we start putting our hope, you know, and and connecting ourselves. Uh, Like last week, identity now does our identity come with how big our house is, how fast our car is, how uh, good our clothes you know whatever you want to put in there? And Jesus, and I really liked your, your statement earlier, knocks us all down and says, "Heaven's given because of me, not because of fill in the blank." Mm-hmm. And this is really hard because if the rich are out and the poor's out, where am I?" <laughs> And it's, do you have faith in Christ? Do you believe that his work is given to you? And the impossible work that is set before you is fulfilled in Christ for you. And at the end of the day, that's where we need to go. And that's where he's leading the disciples. And that's where he's leading you. And then he makes this statement again. And this is a hard statement on a couple of levels. This is the last verse but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And the first reason that this is hard is, of course, you know, you want to say, "Oh, yeah, the, the rich will be knocked down, and but but they'll make it into heaven, or you know, they'll 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 just be last." And but me, who has always been last, you know, I'll be first, and I'll, I'll have all this good stuff. Finally, I'll get the, the, these good rewards. Uh, I read a commentary that actually makes the statement that those who have been first. In the kingdom of God, for whatever reason, on this side of heaven, will be last, as in they won't make it.
1: And I really like that comment when you look at the preceding context when we're talking about Jesus' interaction Mm -hmm. with the rich young ruler. Because this was someone who, um, whether he was a Pharisee or just a faithful Jewish person at the time, had kept the commandments Mm -hmm. of God thought he was in and was looking for what else do I have to do to inherit eternal life he thought he was on the in right and jesus gave him one one thing to do sell everything you have give it to the poor come follow me and he couldn't do it right and so he finds himself and now he knows on on the out or whether he knows it we know right he's on the outside looking in now because he did not choose To follow Jesus when he calls
0: him. And I'm pretty sure he was a good guy. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he used his wealth in good ways. He was first, and now he's last outside. And I also think this applies to Peter. And I like the idea again on the outside, this rich man was doing all the right things. Good guy, good uh, situation, but it was all just physical outward appearances. I haven't murdered anybody. I'm not sleeping around. I'm not dishonoring my parents. All good things, but that was it, surface. And with Peter, it goes even further. It's almost, well, it's not almost. It is like the spiritual aspect of it. Peter looks, we've given all this up. We're following you. We're literally following you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Aren't we doing great? And Jesus says, No. Because it's not about just following. It's not just about giving up. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Believe in me. This is about salvation. This is about when giving up, it is the trust, it's the faith of what has been given to you.
1: And it's interesting because Peter, uh, while he is following Jesus, he's been called He's been chosen,
0: yeah.
1: and this is really not his own work. He's right. been given the gift of faith. And so I think uh, it's an interesting point to to kind of read this as, in some, some case, pointed right at Peter, who mm-hmm. might be seeing himself as among the first of Jesus' followers, um, the, the ones who are the most holy, and he, like everyone else, is being kind of knocked down a peg and reminded that that we're all unworthy of eternal life. Uh, It's only that we're given that as a gift in Christ.
0: And and at the heart of all of that, that is exactly the gospel that Christ lays out. And and in the whole time that he speaks... And again, this is just my mind's eye. But his hands are always open, and it's the whole invitation. Even when he says these hard things like how hard it will be for the rich to enter heaven, I see his hands, and it's this offering opening statement because he offers himself to you to know the love of God and the promise of salvation. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers and support.